Welcome back. It's Educate Ebony with your host, Ebony. <laughs> um, we're on episode 16. And how good was last episode? I spoke to Sosefina Fumali, uh, another music journalist. And that was really cool. Really good chat. And she told me to listen to Fever by Bullet For My Valentine. And I guess this was really interesting because I didn't quite know what to expect. Obviously, they have a reputation for being a really, really big popular band. I just never had really listened to them before. So I don't think I was expecting such depth and amazing musicianship, you know? Yeah, it really surprised me. You know, I listened to it alone. I just did nothing. You can check out my Instagram to see my listening notes, if you like, or Facebook or Twitter. It's all there, at Educate Ebony. But I definitely loved the first song. I know that's probably very cliched, but your betrayal was amazing. You know, the whispers and I know there were just so many elements in there that just hooked me. And then their second song, Fever, which is the, I guess, the album title track. But that was really clever. I'm a big fan of really satisfying things. And so playing, you know, bits and pieces through the left ear and the right ear. Man, I love it. You know, there was one little section that I I just instantly noticed. There was this drum. I don't know what you call it, but it moved from the left ear to the right ear. So it went like through my body and it was amazing. I loved it a lot. So really satisfying song. And I think my other favorite as well was A Place Where You Belong. I just love the intro. It's very simple. It's beautiful. And there are some just amazing harmonies in there as well. So I think, yeah, Sos did say about the complex arrangements that I guess metal bands and and artists create. And you can definitely see that in this album as well. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Big fan. But let's move on by talking to another guest this week. (sighs) Let's do it. All right, for episode 16 of Educate Ebony, I would love to introduce Josh McCauley. He's a talented photographer and plays in a pop punk band called Blonde Doctor, which they describe as if Blink-182 and The Swellers had an illegitimate love child. Josh and I actually used to work shows together when we both worked for TM Magazine, where he'd shoot the gig and I'd write it up. So it's very cool to have him on the podcast. Josh, welcome. Hi, how's it going? It is going great and it's great to have you. We're going to have a great time. It's brilliant to be here. (laughs) I'm going to start off with like an even harder question than the actual podcast lead question. So, Oh, no, I didn't prepare for that. <laughs> it's a surprise. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> off the cuff. You know, we're just riffing okay. here. But you've shot so many bands over the past how many years. Who have you most enjoyed capturing on stage? Ooh, now that is a very tough one. I like to ask people to play favorites, you know? That is really hard because... Some of the bands I've seen have been amazing to watch and photograph, but then some are just, you know, big and famous, so... You can pick one of each. Maybe go, like, most famous and, like, most fun. Well, the most famous, I'd say, would definitely be Alice Cooper. Yes. That was fantastic. You and Susanna, the editor for T.O. Magazine, who I believe was on a previous podcast. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you had dinner with him. I got to photograph him. And that was pretty fantastic. I have one photo that still not haunts me, but he's looking right at the camera. I remember taking the photo and being like, should I stop now? Or (laughs) is he mad at me? Or is that just his look? But no, that would be the most famous. The most interesting one, actually, it was a local band. Mm. They're not around anymore. They were called Ventolin. It was a good friend of mine. 
they went absolutely nuts at one of our local venues at the Crown Anchor. Yeah, nice. Uh, they, they tore the Cranker. There we go. They tore that place to shreds, and I was not expecting it. They local band asked me to shoot the show for them. I thought, yeah, this would be a bit of fun. Nice guys. And uh, he was drumming in the middle of the crowd at one point. The guitarist jumped onto and into the drum kit multiple times during the set, and they continued to play. People lying on the ground, there were crowd surfers, including band members. The whole time, I'm just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, <laughs> I thought, local band, I'm just having a chill time. It's like a Thursday night or something. But nope, I'm not scared, but freaked the crap out of me. It was amazing. So good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because usually it's like, what, three songs and then, you know, you're out. Well, you're like, I'm going to yeah. stay for the entire gig. I need to oh, get absolutely. Every, every minute. I once I saw how crazy they were going, like, do you guys mind if I like jump on stage and get behind you and everything? And they're like, yeah, go nuts. So I've got photos where the guitarist jumped into the drum kit. So I jumped on top of him and took a photo <laughs> and it's so good. And they just didn't care. It was, it was a wild, wild show. A big thing I remember about photography as well, especially with you, you'd go home and then you'd like spend what hours editing and I think that yep. people are, you know, becoming a bit more aware of how much photography work there actually is after the fact of like, click, there it is. Mm. Is there something like specific that you'd like, I guess, all the punters out there to understand about photographers who shoot live music? Even though your set goes for 20 minutes, it's probably about four to five hours of work for me to do that. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I have to show up to your show, park my car somewhere carry on my gear in, wait for your show to start, take photos, wait until you're done, make sure you're all happy, leave, go home, edit them all before your wake-up time at 9 o'clock the next day. Is it always an overnight turnaround? I ask the bands if they're like, oh, don't worry about it, or at least, you know, in the afternoon is fine, it's okay. Some of them are pretty keen to post something immediately, especially... Social media now with, uh, being the most important thing really in the world at the moment. <laughs> People want it as soon as possible. And uh, that's getting kind of hard. Not kind of hard, but it's a lot of time and effort. Even people shooting on film these days are getting the film developed overnight so they can deliver it in the morning. And I think that's insane because calm down, guys. This wow. is art. Yes, let's all just appreciate photographers and let them sleep. Sleep would be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the musicians don't sleep either, but you, I don't know. It's different. It's a little different. different. It's a little different. <laughs> cool. Well, let's get to the actual music talk. All right. What is the one metal album you think I need to hear? Okay. I've been thinking about this one a lot, and I came up with Enter Shikari's A Flash Flood of Color. Oh, I'm writing it down right now. Enter Shikari's so cool. I... I've only listened to one of their albums and it was their most recent one. So I haven't gone back any further. Well, what did you think of the last album? I mean, did you like it or not like it? I did. I thought it was super fun. Yeah. Well then, it gets better. As much <laughs> as I like that album, uh, it is uh, like every band. Oh, I liked them before they were cool. But uh, yeah, I liked some of their earlier albums. This is their third album, I think. Third or fourth full-length album. And yeah, it's fantastic. It's what I listened to in high school. It came out in my last year. And even to this day, the lyrics and the music just holds up and I could listen to the whole... In fact, I've been listening to it all day. Because you're like, yes. I want to be able to 
see everything about it, but also this is really good. I'm going to keep listening anyway. <laughs> was there another album that you were tossing up between or immediately is like, oh, I almost can't go past it? It was a pretty close one. I was trying to think of like metal albums that I enjoyed as a kid. And if it wasn't this one or an earlier Anshikari one, it would have been Evanescence's Fallen. Wow. Because that so is emo. so much heavier than people expect as well. Like listening back to that, some pretty chunky riffs. Yeah. But Enter Shikari, a flash flood of, I can't talk, a flash flood of colour. It's a mouthful. I'm very bad with words. So a lot of Fs, to, um, you know what happens with a lot of Fs. So. <laughs> you really tested me today. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Okay, so what makes this album so great? It is a fantastic, perfect blend to me of heavy, pop, electronic, punk, politics, but not too much. Mm. They're a very political band. This one gets not too specific about any one thing, where some bands might, you know, mention specific politicians or actors or something. This is a general sort of thing, and I quite like that because it's very direct and angry, but not to a certain person. Yeah. Just to everyone. Yeah. All the you whole guys. album's... <laughs> yeah, it's like saying, hey guys, the world's a bit fucked up right now. Do you want to do something about it with me? Pretty please. Like, come on. Please? <laughs> Is anyone else seeing this? Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And well, I guess when you heard it in high school as well, and people actually saying that on a huge platform, you're like, oh, I, I can, I can think like this and I can say it. Hmm. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that was nearly... It was 10 years ago now. So one of the lyrics is, fuck all borders, fuck all boundaries, fuck all flags, and fuck nationalities. As like a... Nice. Fuck this whole, like, you're this race, you're this race. We're all just one people, and we're all really fucked. Yeah, wow. That's basically the message of the album. Like, we're all in this together, guys. How much did it influence you in um, high school? Was that when you, you know, is that like a true emo phase, or you were like already in the emo phase oh well, i was deep into the emo phase by the time yeah. this came out i think this <laughs> came out 2012 so i mean i'm still pretty deep in the emo phase but i think i started a long time before that <laughs> you're just more refined now a little bit still got the old yeah. school ones yeah mm. yeah definitely and this isn't too much of an emo album it's honestly more a great mix of it's almost modern hellions if you add a touch more british punk and a touch bit of British dubstep. Very interesting. I can literally picture that because obviously Hellions are great and yes. It's, yeah. I think it's a cool mix. That's it great. Might just be me, but yeah. Well, I know Enter Shikari, very fun. I don't know how big they are over here, but they're quite big. Were they as popular back then or they were still sort of like gaining traction? Oh, they were pretty big back then, but not huge. I actually, talking about live shows, I saw them at Soundwave that nice. year. Or the year after. R.I.P. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I miss it. But I saw them and they still played one of the later shows, but definitely not like a headlining show. They were one of the smaller stages, probably like, you know, five or six o'clock at night. Not, not a top band, but there were enough people there that it was a good, good little mosh. But not huge at the time. I think they're massive now. Last time I saw them, I can't even remember now. It's been that long since I've seen a big live show that I don't remember when they were. No, I know, right? Did you ever get a chance to shoot them? I did, oh. actually. 
that was one of the main reasons for wanting to do concert photography in the first place. Really? Was, yeah, to shoot Ed Shikari. Because they were, at the time, like, my favourite band by far and another band that's just great live. I'd seen heaps of live videos and photos and they just looked amazing. I'm like, I want a chance to do that. And that was around the same time that I started doing concert photography. Hit up magazines, started working for them, worked for T.O. magazine. And that is how I got to shoot and Shikari. Oh, what a good story. Tell me about it. Where'd they play? What was it like? How many songs did you get to stay for? Big bands, only three songs, um, sometimes four, but I got to see the whole show because I get a ticket in, so I'm not leaving afterwards, that's oh, no. for sure. <laughs> no, I, all I wanted to do was shoot in Shikari, and I was trying to work out how to get there because I knew that they weren't coming to Adelaide at the time. And I'm like, right, I need to be ready. I'll shoot all the support bands. I'll get, get a name for myself so that when they come to Adelaide, I can be like, hey, can I shoot this show? And they'll be like, yes. And that's exactly what happened. So I got to shoot in Shikari. First three songs were amazing. Some of the best photos I ever took. Well, not really, but some of my favorite photos. Yeah. And I hung around like a, like a little fanboy and shook their hands afterwards and oh. said hi and got some photos with them, being super cute. And it's like, perfect. Dream come true. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Look at that. Full circle. Mm. Just retire now, you know? Yeah, I did think to myself, all right, quit while I'm ahead. But no, I did some cool stuff after that as well. So I'll have to shoot them again when we can finally have shows. Fingers crossed. Hell mm. yes. Oh, well, I mean, you know, when you listen to an album uh, at the time, I would say I'd get pretty obsessed and I'd listen to it on repeat. I assume that oh, everyone... Oh, man, yes. Yeah, yeah, I would. But when did you realize it was an important album? I think I didn't really realize how like important it was to me for years, really. You, you listen to it and you, you listen to it over and over again. You go through your phases where, all right, I'm sick of that. Now listen to something else for a couple of months. And then you come back to it accidentally and you're like, oh my God, why do I even stop listening to this? And then... I haven't listened to this one in probably a few months now and then listening to it again and you know, thinking about it. Point of this podcast, I'm like, oh, wow, this is... I always knew it was deep and I know all the words off by heart, but there's a difference between, you know, singing the lyrics and listening to the lyrics a bit. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, there are so many songs that, you know, you know all the words to, but you can't remember them right now. Like, yeah. If I said any of the song like uh, Untouched by the Veronicas, I bet you can name all the words when the song comes on. Yes. But how's it start? Untouched. Da, 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 da. Well, there we go. Well, What's the first like lyric? Yeah. You go. I'm no, not gonna make I'm gonna it shame I'm not... Brownie if he was gonna listen to this. I need to know it. No, it's like you go ooh, I go ah ah. La 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 la. Ooh, oh, yes. <laughs> got it. Yes, alright, okay, okay. Fair enough. Hopefully the boss man is proud. <laughs> For knowing Veronica's <laughs> songs? Yes. Just that yeah. one song. I don't know anything else, but that's the most important song to know. But yeah, definitely know what you mean. It's just mm. like muscle memory. It's not, yeah. you're, you're not actually processing the lyrics though. Mm. And 10 years on listening to it again, it's seeing the depth of the lyrics and, you know, teenage kids don't really understand half the things that grown ups say. And then you're like, oh, I was such a stupid kid. 
that's what that means. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Was there a certain song that really, it really hit you and you were like, oh my God, that's what they're saying. One of the songs on the album is called Arguing with Thermometers. And it's about how big oil companies and stuff are just straight up saying, no, there's no global warming. But, it's like, but the thermometer is literally going up. Yeah. And recently, just that whole pointless arguing, like, oh, there's no, you know, COVID here. I'm like, that dude's like dead. He's, he's, he's coughing and sick. And, oh, he's just dropped dead. Like, what do you mean? Just that stupidity uh, really is resonating a bit with me now of people like, you're literally arguing with the thermometer. Yeah. It feels good at the moment to be able to put it into words and the whole song really, even though it's about climate change, you can twist a few words. To other aspects, AFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's its whole own subject. I don't want to rile you up too much, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. We'll need another podcast just for that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll record a, a second episode and we'll release it. Join my Patreon, which doesn't exist, and then you get the bonus episode. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's an idea right there. Why doesn't it exist yet? Extra dollars. I don't know. Um, it's a lot of work <laughs> just oh. putting this out. Oh, yeah. That'll come later, maybe. I always wanted to try and do an educational podcast. I teach basic photography, so... Yeah. Seeing someone actually do it is awesome. I am way too lazy. So good for you. Oh, well done. Thank you. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah. I mean, really, regardless of who listens, it's just a great excuse for me to be like, let's listen to some music. Tell me what's good. Let me know. Mm. I know they use a lot of synths, and that's not something mm. that's usually associated with metal typically. I guess it's coming in now what, with metalcore and, and everything else. Yeah. But, like, back then was that super progressive of them to be like, we're going to incorporate lots of other sounds, and it's still heavy. Don't stress, sit down, you know? All right, so I am by no means an expert on this, but I reckon in, you know, 2010 and 2012, everyone loved, like, dubstep and Skrillex and all that sort of weird electronic music, you know. The radio was just full of one-hit wonders that was just, you know, hit play on a laptop. And so everyone was into dubstep at the time. I'm just going to keep saying Skrillex, really. Everyone yeah, okay. loved a little bit of Skrillex. <laughs> Even if you say, no, I never listened to it, you did. Yeah. Everyone did. <laughs> or everyone knows a little bit of it. So a lot of bands were trying to do metal guitars and dubstepy, skrillexy things. Some bands put it off really well. Some bands definitely did not. And it was like they just sort of tacked it on afterwards. Like, oh, there's a synth preset. That sounds like Skrillex, that'll do. Chuck that in a breakdown. And when this album came out, it was a really good blend. Like, at no point did you just go, ah, oh, okay, Skrillex for a couple of seconds. All right, back to the music. It was a fantastic blend. And having played a lot of the album, like, I'd go home and listen to it and play it on bass uh, to the point where I know almost all of them word for word and note for note. Nice. It really blends so well. Even playing it, it just makes sense. You don't feel like it's guitar, then synth. It's both the whole time and then there's extreme elements of guitar or extreme synth but it doesn't sound too much it's a really good even tone doesn't sound bad it's definitely different to what's coming out these days like the new bring me horizon track that's dropped love it but that sort of very poppy synth is 
more common these days, especially in heavier stuff. Again, not an expert, just what I see. And this is going back to that, yeah, I keep saying Skrillex style. <laughs> Electronics, but it's that wob 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 like the dumbest stuff, but it works. <laughs> it absolutely works. At no point listening to this album again. Listen to it all day today. Have I gone? That hmm, that was cool ten years ago. Not now. Nah, it's still cool. Every single bit. Very interesting. So, I mean, obviously, so I'm looking out for um, the lyrical content and how well the synthy electronic stuff blends. Is there another aspect of this album that you really love that maybe gets a bit overlooked? Like you play bass, you know, all the notes and stuff in it. Is there like a really cool bass line you should look out for or? Again, the whole album is kind of full of them. I'd say, again, arguing with Thermometers would be probably my favorite track off the album. It is very fun to play, and it is probably the most genre-varied track on the album. When I was studying audio, I took it into my lecturer to show him, and he starts listening to him, like, oh, it's a hardcore mix, yeah, it's not too bad. And then it changed into the verse, and he's like, hang on a second, this is completely different. I don't want to give anything away. And it's like, that changed genres, like, almost entirely. That's pretty cool. Then he hit the chorus, and it changed genres again. And he's like, what is going on? And that amused me to hell. And to play it all at once, you go from heavy to a different genre, and then a different genre, and you're like, I feel like I'm a master of all of them right now. It's fantastic. It's a real journey. It is. For sure. It's a jam gets a lot of energy out yeah Mm. well obviously it stands up for you uh this day and age what 10 years or so later why do you think it would stand up for for example for other listeners or would it stand up in the future even more i think if you're a compassionate person that care you don't have to care about everyone but if you care about anyone more than just yourself you're gonna vibe with this because it's about us as people and the lyrics are a little more specific to the time, but still work just fine for everything. If there's still bad stuff going on in the world, this album's still going to be good for you. Oh, slightly disappointing, but also hopefully uplifting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it Definitely at the end of it, you're like, you know what? Maybe there is some hope. As long as people are still saying this and talking about it, there is hope. Oh, I like that. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, what are my listening notes? I'm excited. It sounds like a cool album. How do I listen to it? I was thinking about this today as well. It's probably the best way to listen to it would be at home when you can turn it up loud on speakers. It's good on headphones, but you want it on speakers and you want to make sure it's got some sub. If you can't do that, wear headphones. But have a beer in your hand and just get ready to have a fucking good time. Awesome. Awesome. Like, I didn't used to drink a lot of beer, if at all. Um, But honestly, through doing this podcast... Uh, the Metallica, I drank beer, so I'm ready. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of uh, diehard Metallica friends that would say it's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I agree. I understand that now. But... Oh, yeah. Put it on some speakers, turn it up. Yeah. Loud is the key. Definitely the key. And lots of bass. It's a very bass heavy, not bass guitar, but low-end heavy album that will... It's designed to sort of make you sit like... <sighs> Like thrum through your body. Yeah. That image of the guy sitting on like an armchair in front of a wall of speakers, just like <laughs> blown away. Yeah. That's what you want. 
that's what you want and that's what this album will make you feel as well you just like oh my god what is happening amazing <laughs> i have to try and work that in <laughs> sunglasses on beer or whatever just ready to go i like it that's very visual i appreciate it i'm a visual person i guess I take photos yeah i don't know how else to talk it's how i relate to people you're doing a great job thank you i've been really nervous no it's 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 good Anything else to add about the album that we should know about? Oh, I mean, I could talk for hours about this album. I really could. But other than, oh, listen to it the first time in order. Of course. I was literally thinking this the other day. Who are those maniacs that put an album on and press shuffle? I literally can't yes. imagine oh doing my that God. now. Oh, no. I mean, every now and then there are a couple albums. If Maybe instrumental albums. doesn't matter too much. But... Nah, you got to listen start to finish. That's how they designed it. They put it there on purpose. Yeah. But this one, I mean, definitely the first two tracks are kind of one long track, really. But yeah, the flow of it is just key to the album. It gets you excited, happy, sad, back to good. <laughs> if you end on the sad one, it's going to be a really bad time for you. <laughs> and then if you end on the intro song, you're just going to be confused. That shuffle button, not necessary. Get rid. I curate all my playlists, even like just my work ones to listen in the background. I make them go in order. That's so very that specific. Some call it a waste of time. I call it also a waste of time. <laughs> but we're not mad about it. Nah, it's no. fantastic. <laughs> it's nice knowing what song's about to play next. I like that comfort. <laughs> Amazing. All right, there we have it. The one metal album that Josh McCauley thinks that you and I should listen to is A Flash Flood of Colour by Enter Shikari. Thank you so much for your wisdom, Josh. I can't wait to listen to it from your point of view. My absolute pleasure. I hope it's as good for you as it is for me. Maybe I'll call you back up when I do a pop punk edition. Mm. After bone up on that one, I may be in a pop punk band, but um, terrible. I don't know much about pop punk at all. <laughs>